0: Welcome to the Run for God podcast, the 5K challenge, a 12-week journey from the couch to the 5K finish line. So they say the hardest part of any journey is taking that first step. We're going to take a first step today of many steps. Mitchell Hollis, Dean Thompson from Run for God are hanging out here with the Run for God 5K Challenge. Hey, guys.
1: Hey, Ted. How are you? I'm hey, well,
0: Okay, so I'm not used to seeing you guys without running shoes on or with a, well, you got your Run for God gear on, except for you, Dean. What's up with that, buddy? Oh, you got it on. <laughs> okay, okay. I do, too, if it's, uh, um, you know, somewhere underneath here is there, Yeah, but uh, um. The Run for God Challenge. I've known you guys for a long time. You've been my friends for for a, a long, long time, and a lot of people may not be familiar with Run for God, or maybe they're listening into this podcast for the first time because they've heard about Run for God and they might want to get started. Mitchell, have you always been a runner?
1: I, I haven't. You know, I, did, I actually didn't start running until I was in my early 30s. Most people think that I've been running my whole life. I didn't
0: even know he was in his early 30s. I thought
1: he was like <laughs> 20 or so. No? Okay, whatever. Go but ahead. yeah, I, I didn't get started until till much later in life, and uh, yeah, it actually actually it came as a result of a dare.
0: Of course it did.
1: Yeah. Probably guy's involved, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Was
0: this pre-Jesus? Um, no, this was post Jesus. Okay. Okay. I was going to say it uh, probably involved some beers too, if n- n- it was no, yeah, a dare. No, kind of that, that wasn't
1: the case in in, in, in my story. So how did the
0: dare come about?
1: Well, you know, um, some friends of mine, we were, uh, we were trying to decide, we, we knew we had to get a little healthier than we were. Yeah. And, uh, some friends of mine, they, they they threw out this dare that we're going to run the Peachtree road race oh my goodness um, the Peachtree road race is a 10k that's held every july 4th in it's atlanta, hotter and blazes it's down, down there hot, and I it's understand. hilly yeah it, most people think big cities are are flat uh-huh. but atlanta georgia is not flat it's it's hilly and um so they threw out this <laughs> dare and we all signed up for the Peachtree road race i have never i had never ran in my entire life at that point i ran track and In middle school Uh Uh, some of the guys had ran cross country in high school but but all of us none of us had ran in in many years when this dare was thrown out and um, so we all signed up for the Peachtree Road Race and we had no clue what we were doing and we didn't ask for help either was the funny part (laughs) we just knew that we had to run 6.1 miles in the middle of Atlanta Georgia in the middle of the summer and, and we just we just did what we could to figure it out
0: yeah and you survived, I'm assuming. You're here. We survived, Did yeah. all the guys uh, survive?
1: You know, the funny part is, is that the, some of the guys, they never ran again after that. Uh-huh. Um, some of them were hurting in and, and, and places that they had, had never hurt before, and and they just decided that it wasn't for them. But some guys caught a glimpse of something that they liked, and yeah. I was one of those guys. Um, so I began to start running uh, after that pretty consistently. And... Um, you know, I just I started signing up for every race I could, wow. every weekend, almost some, at some points, and um, it got to the point in my life where where that's all I wanted to do. It's all I thought about. I, yeah. I got my kids involved in it.
0: Well, hold on let's not let's not run sprint if you will. past the uh, see what I did there. Uh, let's not sprint past that first race. How did you do in the first race?
1: You know, I. Uh, I didn't do bad, but I think most of the Kenyans, which are the fast guys, they were already on the plane back, headed back home before I finished. I think it was uh, a little over an hour, uh-huh. and I think some of those guys, I don't know, Dean, you can chime in here. What, what do the fast guys run the Peachtree Road Race in? 28 minutes. Yeah, and I was over an hour. Okay. So I, was, I was slow.
0: Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. All right, so back into it now. You come back from there, and some of the guys said, no, not for me. Dare's done. Did all of them finish? We all finished. Okay. Yes. How much did you walk? I didn't walk any. Did you not? No. no. Did and the I, other guys walk in, or they run the whole you
1: thing? No, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever asked them. Um, yeah. But we, we all made it to the finish line.
0: <laughs> were there times you didn't think you were going to hit the finish line? Absolutely. It was, <laughs> it was hot. And I,
1: you know, I'm not a person that likes big crowds, yeah. and that's the wrong oh, race to sign up for. For sure. I think there's 60,000 people or something like that. It's the world's largest 10K. Wow. And so you're at the start line, and there's just thousands of people around you, and, and yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a big crowd person. So that was probably the <laughs> wrong race for me to sign up, with, up for.
0: So you come back, and from what I read in the, in the book, which we're going to be talking about here and actually taking uh, those listeners here to the podcast through the Run for God 5K Challenge, you talked about how you were suddenly hooked. What? How in the world, what kind of sick, depraved mind gets hooked on running something well, like
1: this? Well, you know, it's just like any other thing? I, you know, I've I've read the studies about you know the the runner's high, and yeah. there, there really is a science there. Um, it's it's the endorphins and the dopamine that kicks in. All those things kick in, and and there's a lot of other sports. I, I actually not many people know this, but when I was a teenager, I was a bull rider. Wow! Um, I don't know how I went from bull riding to running, but um, running and it was the, the same thing. It's 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 that it's that high, and some people get that doing other things. Ted, I know you you were a weightlifter, a bodybuilder at one time, and and it's the same type of, um, it's the feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. And it's very addictive. And, uh, for me, um, that's what it became. Like I said, I, I just started running every race I could get signed up for. And, um, it wasn't until, um, October of 2009 that it was, I was at my church during, during those first few years, I, my son actually got involved in in triathlon, my oldest son. And, uh, so everything I was doing or we were doing as a family, my wife and I, the, the third race we ever ran was the Disney marathon marathon. Oh, hold
0: on now. 26 miles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the third race that I ever ran. And, um, I, I pitched the idea after the Peachtree road race to my wife. I said, we need to run a marathon. And she said, there's, there's no way, you know, I, and, and I did this not in the order that we recommend in this book. (laughs) So I want to throw that disclaimer out there. Um, but I said, yeah, we could do the Disney marathon. And and so that, that, that helped pull her along. And so we we began to train for the Disney marathon. And that's called
2: jumping in with both feet guys (laughs) and somebody else's feet as well. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: pulled my wife in too, but, but yeah, we began to train and, and it was great. Um, you know, we're, were before we would get a babysitter to to go to the to the movies. Yeah. Now we were getting a babysitter to to go run and wow. have pizza down here in Chattanooga. But so I we began to do that as a family. I got my son involved in it and um in the in the fall of 2009, I was actually at church. Uh it was our day of praise. Some churches call it their homecoming. And I was talking to a gentleman who who has been a, a close friend for all my life. Actually, he he taught some of my student classes when I was really young. Uh, a man by the name of H. R. Poe, and H. R. Uh, was an avid runner. And and I always knew that that was the guy at church that I could go talk to about running. Mm-hmm. And uh, this day was no different. We were we were having a meal after church, like every every good church does. You sure. have a, a sermon and then a meal. And I sat down with HR and his wife, Adrian, and I was talking about um, all the things that I'd been doing, all the places that I'd been running. We had actually just gotten back from Tucson, Arizona, where my son, Lane, competed in his first National Finals Iron Kits. Wow. And uh, I had just signed up for my first Ironman, and so obviously I had a lot I wanted to talk about. And um, so HR, HR and I were talking, and I'll never forget, HR got this look on his face, and it was a very concerned look. And he looked at me and he said, Mitch, he said, don't let this become your god." Wow. And, and, and Ted, even to this day, those, those seven words really make me pause because at the time, um, I was, I was upset about it. I I thought HR was meddling in my face. Sure. And, uh, it really upset me. It made me mad. And I, I remember going home that night and, and I just couldn't get those words out of my head. And, and I began to look back and and, and think, you know, has has running, has this sport become too much in my life? Mm-hmm. Has it become an idol? You know, most people think an idol is something you put up on your mantle at home, sure. and are these other religions worship? And yeah. but I, I became, it became very clear to me um, through through God's conviction that an idol is anything that comes between you and Him. Is anything you say is now more
0: important? exactly than god is
1: in your life some people it's golf some people it's the lake or you know everybody has their own thing that they're passionate about but when that passion comes between you and christ that's when it becomes an idol and and god began making that very clear in my life that mitchell this has become an idol in your life How? how how did you get to that point from not ever
0: running, running the peach tree, running a whole bunch of races, dragging your family through Disney, on running it through Disney, uh, which my kids would say that's what I did every time we go to Disney, is run them from here to here to here. But but now all of a sudden, it's become so important in your life.
1: You know, I, I guess, I don't know if that's my personality, but uh, when, when I, typically when I do something, I'm all in. Yeah, um, sure. and, and running was this way. And, uh, you know, I began to look back after HR said that, and I started thinking, you know, when I was in church, I was thinking about the run after church.
0: Wow! And um, most and, people do that with Sunday
1: dinner. What they exactly what they gonna eat after dinner? Yeah, yeah. yeah, And and I just God really began to convict my heart that um, this is going too far. And and I quickly realized uh, within a within a few days of HR saying that that I either had to give this sport up or I had to give it to God. Yeah. And you know, people say that they say, well, you just need to give it to God, but What does that look like you know you can't package running up and tie a little bow on it and hand it to god and say here you go and so i began to pray about this and this is all within a week of hr saying this and um i thought back several years prior to this conversation i was actually in church my pastor he doesn't really like me telling this story but i was in church and i was doodling on the um a piece of paper on my bible and for whatever reason, I drew a, a funny-looking stick guy. <laughs> and above it, I wrote the words, three words, run for God. This was before the HR conversation. This was a couple years prior wow. to the HR conversation. And for whatever reason, I went home, and I stuck that piece of paper in a file. And, and it's still in that file today. And I remember when, when God began to convict me about this, and I began to struggle with how do you give this to God— I went home and I pulled that file out of my desk and I opened it up and I said, this is it. I said, I'm going to go get some t-shirts made that say <laughs> run for God. Because one thing I I wasn't good at at the time, I'm still not good at, I'm, I'm working on it. Right. But is, is sharing what God's doing in my life. So I went to my local print shop and, and I took this funny looking stick guy and this, this badge that said run for God. And I said, I need to get 12 t-shirts made. And of course, they kind of looked at me funny because this is a, it's a peculiar looking t-shirt, right? And uh, so I had those t-shirts made and the first place I stopped when I picked the t-shirts up was at HR's house. And this is no more than 10 days after this conversation with him. And and I walked in and I said, HR, I, I need to tell you something. You you really upset me uh, last weekend, but here's what God's doing. This is what he showed me and and. H. R. and his wife Adrian, they got the first two Run for God T-shirts that were ever made, <laughs> and I said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna start wearing these T-shirts, and this is gonna force me outside my comfort zone. My yeah. my comfort zone is keeping my faith to myself, right? And and just keeping to myself, but that's not what God calls us to do. Yeah, He calls, He calls us to go out and proclaim His name. Well, this is gonna make because I know these shirts are goofy enough that people are gonna ask about them. Sure. And so I started wearing them, and sure enough, I mean, I couldn't go to the convenience store. I couldn't go anywhere without people saying, what is the deal with that T-shirt? And uh, it gave me the opportunity to share with people not only what Run for God was, which was just a T-shirt at that time, but it allowed me to share what God was doing in my life. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of the story behind the t-shirt itself and
0: okay so I'm familiar with that I've heard you tell that before and I'm so glad that uh, that we're sharing that today how did it get from a t-shirt into all of a sudden hey wait a minute now I think this is something that could catch on
1: did you have other people asking you for the t-shirts and things or what yeah I mean so this is all taking place in October of 2009 and as soon as I started wearing the shirts, um, I began to get comments from people, mainly in my church, that said, yeah. "Hey, you need to, you need to think about teaching a running class at church." And and my answer initially was pretty simple. It was no. <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a builder at my church. I mean, I'm a builder in my community. I I, I don't know the Bible as well as I should. Um, I'm not that good of a runner. I mean, you just heard how long it took me to run the Peachtree Road Race. Um, you know, Dean's over there laughing because he's the fast guy, but it was pretty dismal. So I I don't have the credentials uh-huh. to do something like this, and so I would just say no. And more and more people began to ask me and, and make comments like, you need to teach this, you need to do this or that, and, and I, I would just say no. And, and it wasn't very long, just a matter of weeks, and, and God really began to... To push me once again outside my comfort zone, so I went and and uh, I asked if I could have a meeting with my pastor, who's a friend of mine. And uh, so I went and sat down in his office, and I thought, "This is my out." You know, Brother Charlie is going to tell me, "Yeah, you 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 don't have a theological degree. Sure, you're you're not an Olympic runner." You know, how many
0: people in church are going to want to learn how to run anyway? Exactly.
1: Yeah. And so I thought Charlie was going to say, "Yeah, you're probably right. You don't need to do this." But after about Fifteen minutes in his office, he said, "Yeah, those people are right. You you really need to think about doing this." <laughs> and so I, I lost Thanks, the, Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I lost the only out that I thought I had. So um, so I I went home and I began to pray about it. and I talked to my wife about it, and and so we agreed that we would we would go find a study somewhere and and we would lead a study. This is in October, so this January that come in January two thousand ten, we would lead a Bible study. And I'll never forget I just started hanging some posters in our church and I said Run for God come in this January and I had a sign up sheet in the uh-huh. foyer and I thought nobody's going to sign up for this um and by first part of December um we had 14 people signed wow. up and I was I'll have to admit I was scared to death yeah um uh, because I I don't teach I had never taught anything in my life at this point and um so, in early December of two thousand nine i I told my wife I said, "You know this weekend we may need to run up to to Chattanooga to the local bible bookstore and and pick this program up because I knew i mean everybody listening to this knows there's a program for everything of course out there, there is, yeah, for sure, um, and so I just knew that this this couch to five k mm-hmm. program that paralleled your your faith and your your walk with Christ with the sport of running because there are so many parallels there. I just knew that it was out there, and so we went up there uh one weekend before Christmas, and I, I quickly realized I had a problem. <laughs> I, I went in and I, I was scanning through. I was passing all the Beth Moores and the Priscilla Shriers and the Dave Ramseys and I'm I'm looking for the running guy, and it wasn't there. There's no running guy. No nothing. And so I come home and and I got online and I began to look and. It wasn't there. And so this is when the the, the tough conversations with God came into play. I sure. said, you know, God, you you laid this on my heart. You confirmed it through other people. Um we have people signed up to take this class in a matter of weeks <laughs> and now you're not giving me the resources right. to follow through. What? what are you doing, God?
0: Because honestly, at that point, you probably know a, enough about running that you could put together a a couch to 5K as far as go out and run a little bit today, this, 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 or whatever. But then as far as how does it interact with your faith and, and with God's Word and all that, I imagine you were sweating bullets.
1: Yeah, I was. And, and I, yeah, I was I was petrified, basically. And um, so I'll never forget, I, I just started sitting down and... In, in, writing stuff and I was pulling stuff off the internet and I was just I was scrambling for anything to get me through that first class yeah I had said that this was going to be a 12-week class and I didn't have anything for the first night (laughs) and because I just knew I was going to find a program that was 12 weeks and you know that's every couch to 5k is 12 weeks and um so I'll never forget the first Tuesday night in January 2010 um I walked into that first class 14 people in the class, all of which, or most of which I knew. Right. Uh, they were in our church. And uh, I'll never forget going into that first class, and and I asked the question, why are you here? Which is what we're going to get to here in just a minute. Yeah. Um, And, and Ted, it was like God just sat in that room that night, and I began to hear why people signed up for this class. I heard from a husband and wife who who talked about, You know, their marriage was kind of on the rocks. They were overweight. Um, You know, they were going to work, coming home, eating dinner, going to bed, getting up the next day. They were on the—I call it the hamster wheel of life. Mm -hmm. They were just going through the motions. And I heard from another gentleman who was chronically overweight, and, you know, he said he wanted to be here for his grandkids. And and that was kind of my aha moment that this is is why I'm here Um, because these people— need hope and while i didn't think i had the credentials to give them hope i realized in that moment it wasn't about mitchell it was about what god was going to do through what is now this ministry gotcha
0: and we're gonna we're gonna stop here in just a few minutes or for a few seconds but when you talk about this ministry God birthed the ministry at that point, the Run for God ministry. And you thought, just going to be something here in our local church, just to get some people together here. But God had so much, so many bigger plans than that, such a broader, as as most often he does. Dean, not too long um, after, the, after Mitchell started all this, you came into the equation here. What's your
2: perspective on the whole Run for God thing? Well, I remember getting involved. Mitchell called me one day. I, I had been in some of the local Run for God races. And of course, I've, I've I've, I've got my faith that was uh-huh. important to me, and running has been important to me since I was born, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so I was at a race, and I told Mitchell, I said, Mitchell, if there's ever anything that I can do to help, just let me know. And so Mitchell calls me up one day and asks me uh, to write some stuff for Run for God. And what Mitchell didn't know at the time was that I wanted to be a writer Uh, In my former life, I guess, in my earlier days, before I went to college, but I went to a college that didn't offer that kind of a major, and so I went in a different direction. And here he he was, 25 years later, saying, hey, do you want to go back to that dream you had years ago? And he had no idea. He didn't know if I could string two sentences together. (laughs) Uh, but But God knew it. And God put that in His heart, and that's how I got started with Run for God. And what's your take on Mitchell's story? I mean, you obviously have been a
0: runner for a long, long time, and Mitchell just gotten started in running and been. I guess from when you that first race until Run for God now was birthed, how long was that? Uh, Several years. Okay, so several years, but you've been running much longer than that. What's your take on somebody like Mitchell that suddenly runs their first race on a dare? And
2: now is feeling called by God to teach classes and lead people to do that. Well, what's, what's really interesting about that, Ted, is that my whole perspective on running changed the day I went to that first Run for God race. Uh-huh. And it changed because I had always been near the front of those races. And it wasn't that I had any disdain for the people toward the back of the race. Right, right. I just didn't think about them. Yeah. All I thought about were those guys that were around where I was at. Your competition. And, and my competition. And that's what, what I was there for was the competition. But when I went to that first Run for God race and I saw the people at the back of that line and the joy on their face sure. finishing that first 5K, I had never noticed that before. It had just blown right past me.
1: You were usually in the car gone by the time they got there. <laughs> With the Kenyans on the plane. Right, exactly. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Exactly. He's not exactly. Kenyan, but he's one of those guys. <laughs>
2: And so uh so anyway when I saw that my whole my it, my whole perspective on running in general changed I realized that those people that are back there at the back are working harder than I am at the front because my race is over if it's a 5k my race is over in you know in 16 or 17 minutes yeah. they're they're out there twice that long and they're still and they're struggling for that sure. long It just changed my whole life and so when I saw what what Mitchell had created that's why I wanted to be involved because I wanted to be a part of those people too yeah it it probably wasn't a couple of, maybe
0: a year or so after you started this when when the first when was the first resources came out
1: uh, they came out in July of that same year. Okay, yeah, That's then, how quick this all happened.
0: Yeah, and, and so it wasn't much longer after that that our church uh, offered a class, one of the ladies in our class who teaches PE at Dalton State. And uh, um, and so I, my wife and I signed up, and we took the class. Yeah. And uh, and that's how I kind of got involved. And then there was a sponsorship, a partnership with the radio station I work at with J103. And, and then before you knew it, I, I became your announcer for there. And so those stories that you're talking about, I've seen those stories, and yeah. those are the most exciting ones. You may be listening to this podcast because you are in that situation. What are some of the situations that people find themselves in when they suddenly decide, I got to make a change?
1: Well, you know I talk about people that people that running is appealing to them or, or maybe not appealing to them, but they, they know that it's it's a way to do a lot of different things. It's a way to to lose weight, to get healthier. Uh, You know, I I, kind of joke a lot, and I say we take the number one and the number two New Year's resolutions, and we put them together. Yeah. And that's I want to get closer to God, and I want to get healthy. Uh, The 5K Challenge does that. But most people, when they decide to, I want to start running, um, they make the mistake kind of like I did. Uh Um, I got through it, but many people will make the mistake of, okay, I'm going to start running, so tomorrow I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go out and run five miles. Now, Most people can do that. And I want to throw this word of caution out there. Most people can get up and go out and run two or three or four or five miles. But what they don't think about is what's going to happen the next day. When you wake up and you say, oh, my Lord, what did I just do? And you can't hardly get out of bed. Sure. Uh, You've got, there's injury, a lot of injuries that can come along. The, The biggest mistake in running is people who do too much too soon. Sure.
0: Well, there's people that have gone that doctors have told them they need to lose weight, their cholesterol's way sky high, their blood pressure sky high, and they've got to do something because basically they're killing themselves with a fork and a spoon or with inactivity in front of the TV and things. And there may be some other reasons, a ton of reasons, why people would want to get involved in this Run for God Challenge. It's 12 weeks, a 12-week journey that will take you from the couch to the 5K. Before we get into all the nuts and bolts of the class, Mitchell shared his story with us right now. Um, Why is it important for people to write down what they want to accomplish in this next 12 weeks?
1: Um, You know, like I said, and and I'm going to ask the question to everybody listening right now. Why why are you listening to this podcast? What what was appealing about what we're offering that made you tune in today? And and I would challenge you to write that answer down because there's going to be a time over the next 12 weeks— And usually we start seeing it around week six through eight, where you're going to start doubting yourself. You're going to start saying, "I don't know if I can do this." You've got to have a why. Yeah. Um, so so many goals are so many people write down goals, which I think are very important. But another thing you got to write down is you got to write down the why, because the why is what's going to sustain you at week six, seven, and eight. When when we really start ramping up the time, and and things start hurting, and you know life takes back over and your schedules fill back up, if you've always got that why in front of you, uh, to me it's just as important as the goal. Uh, yeah. To write down the why. Why are you doing this? So I, I want I want everybody listening to to pull out a piece of paper right now. It's actually there's a place for you to write it in your book. Yeah. Um. Write it down right now. What is your why? Are you that person that that I talked to in that very first class that Uh, Maybe you and your spouse are on the hamster wheel of life or or maybe you're you're overweight and you want to be around for your grandkids or are there's there's thousands of reasons that people have for wanting to get active and to get more spiritually fit. I challenge you right now to write down those those answers.
2: And I, I would encourage folks to not just write down the answers of why, but to continue writing throughout this journey. Uh, I found a recently found a, a, a running log that I had from 1982 I'm dating myself here but I went back and I looked at how I felt in some of those workouts and what some of those workouts and i I wish I could run those times now <laughs> but but looking back at that was so fascinating and I think that when people write down their journey and how they feel and they go back and they look at it later it means a lot to them. It would be great for folks to write down more than just the why, but, but the whole journey.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, we're going to jump into the nuts and bolts of the class here after, uh, since Mitchell's told his story. And Dean, you've gotten familiar with these guys here with the Run for God and how you can go from the couch to the 5K. If you need the perfect music to listen to while you run, let me encourage you check out J Radio. It's a music streaming platform with positive music in a variety of genres that will motivate you to keep on, keep on running. You can check it out right now at jradio.com or in your app store. So Mitchell Hollis and Dean Thompson from Run for God here on the Run for God 5K Challenge podcast. And let me encourage you because I don't think we've done this yet. Um, You can get your very own Run for God 5K Challenge kit, if you will, uh, to get you ready. And everything that we've talked about, including Mitchell's story that he just shared with us, um, is included in this. For less than night out for the dinner and a movie with your spouse you can have this challenge and both of you can get started getting healthy or anybody in your family with the registration kit your registration fee includes a 5k challenge student manual which is what we're looking at right here Um, a time-tested 5k training plan to get you from the couch to the 5k without killing yourself Um, also access to this podcast it's a 12-week podcast that you can listen as Mitchell and Dean personally walk you through their amazing journey your amazing journey. There's going to be guest speakers that are going to be joining us about everything you need to know about running. There's a running journal that's there. You heard Dean mention a few minutes ago how important it is to write things down, uh, and it is so true. And guess what? You know the t-shirt that uh, Mitchell was talking about that got this all started? Well, you're going to get the official Run for God Worldwide Challenge tee uh, as a part of that, and also a car decal so you can put it on your car and let everybody know uh, that you're a part of this, and access to any of the 12-week instructor-led classes around the world. Think about it. There are Run for God classes, just like you're getting ready to jump into here in a second, but they're offered person-to-person uh, They're in churches and groups all over the place on military bases. And some of the other places, Mitchell, that they are, besides military bases. And
1: uh, We've been in several prisons, yeah. uh, private schools, military bases around the world. So, yeah, it's um, a lot of places. Yeah,
0: it is. And the most important thing, is the Steps to Peace with God gospel track, because you're going to learn here with this next little section here how that is the most important thing, if you haven't already heard it, uh, through Mitchell and Dean's heart. All right, guys. Dean, can you tell us what is the official
2: mission of Run for God? Everything has to have a mission statement if it's going to be successful. What about Run for God? And we're no different, and we do have a written mission statement, and it's in the book. So when folks get a book, they they can read this, but Our our main mission statement is preparing people to be better witnesses for Christ physically, mentally, and spiritually. And then we break that down, and we talk about physically. We talk about creating a healthier you, just like you talked about, uh, making it possible to reach a whole new demographic of nonbelievers. You know, if we're not healthy, we can't be effective. Sure. And so it's important for us to physically be healthy. Mentally, to uh, learn the discipline and endurance it takes to run the race that's set before us. You know, it's, we talk about that in Hebrews 12.1. Everybody knows that particular scripture. Um, and, and running is so mental. You know, I think about Yogi Berra who said, what did he say about baseball? He said, "Baseball's 90% mental and the other half is physical. <laughs> well, it's kind of that way with running. So much of it is mental. Um, and then spiritually, of course, most importantly, Learning to always give God the glory for everything that we do, including running. Uh, ultimately, if we don't give God the glory, you know, then what's it for? Uh, and this is an opportunity for us to be bold. You know, oftentimes people ask yeah. me about, they comment on a race that I ha- had or, or something that I've accomplished, um, and it's an opportunity for me to sure. share God.
0: Back to a couple of those scriptures you mentioned there real quickly, because there may be somebody that, honestly, they've stumbled on this Run for God 5K challenge, and they not, may not be very versed in God's Word. Hebrews 12, And by the way, that's not a slam against you. That's just an incredible opportunity that now God's opening up the door for you to learn His Word. Hebrews 12, 1, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every excuse, everything you can think of, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us Run with endurance the race that is set before us. That's Hebrews 12, 1, and that lends to it mentally there that you were talking about. And then the spiritual one, Psalm 86, 12. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. That means with all your heart, with all your hobbies, with all your skills, with everything. Mm-hmm. Mitchell talked about how running had become an idol to him, and we've got to make sure we keep those things in proper perspective. What about the objectives of a 5K Challenge class? When somebody agrees to sign up for a class and they come be a part of that, or you're listening to the podcast, and and let us be real clear, we hope, our number one hope is that you would get involved in a class with other runners and other friends around you because of that accountability. But if you can't find one of those or for some reason not accessible, that's what this podcast is all for.
2: What are the objectives of a 5K class? Well, the objective of, of the 5K Challenge class is to introduce the sport of running to people, to get them to understand, to help them to learn that there are some other things to running than just putting one foot in front of another. And there aren't a a ton of things to learn about running, but some of those things are pretty important. So although it's not rocket science, if you don't take it seriously and do it right, then it can be painful. It's
0: kind of what Mitchell you were talking about a few minutes ago about if you just suddenly decide I'm going to run and you go out and you run three miles the next day, physically, you can probably do that, but you're not going to feel like doing it ever again. And so many people say, not for me. I give up.
1: Yeah, they, they think that's, that's the way it's supposed to be, and, and they realize, man, that's, I don't want to feel like that every day. Well, if, if you walk through this process that we've laid out, um, you're going to feel sore, yes. It's a good sore, though. It lets yeah. you know you've done something, but you're, you're not going to feel terrible, and more importantly, you're not going to injure something. Right. Uh, like I said, the biggest mistake that people make is doing too much too soon.
0: I'll never forget, my wife uh, one time went to a health club, this was years ago, um, and uh, she, uh, uh, they put her on some kind of machine and said, here, hop on this treadmill for, uh, um, for about 10, 15, 20 minutes, and, uh, um, and you'll be fine. And then they came back 20 minutes later, and she's like, I'm done, I'm finished. And she came up to me, I was working out another part of the gym, and she says, I- I'm not doing this anymore. And it took me a long time to get her back in the gym after that. What are some of the
2: other objectives? Well, first of all, I want to back up a little bit and tell folks that, because a lot of people don't realize this, and they don't believe this, but I'm telling you, running can be enjoyable. Sure. <laughs> there are some folks who, they make jokes about it, but running can be enjoyable if you do it right. Uh, the second objective is to understand the pitfalls that can come from letting anything become an idol to you. Yeah. You know, we talk about it all the time. Addiction is so prevalent in our society today, and we talk about that, and people can become addicted to a lot of things. We know about the major ones that destroy lives, but there's a lot out there that people can become addicted to that take the place of God, too. Sure. It's it's no different. Um, another one is to understand the parallels of enduring a sport like running with an enduring faith. Oh, yeah. Um, there's so many parallels. You know, I, I've written um, – 150 something stories to this date of of devotions Mm -hmm. and people ask me where in the world do you come up with all of those devotion stories and I tell them it's easy because everyday life is running and running is everyday life Um, there's so many parallels and then to understand how to become a better witness while doing something that you enjoy you know it's really hard for us to to be witnesses sometimes and I know it is for me and Mitchell mentioned that it is for him and uh, but running gives us a platform and gives us a, a way to, to find common ground with others and to talk about Jesus Christ and what he's done in our lives. Gotcha.
0: Okay, so I want to go back and ask you a question here from a little while ago. Um, you talked about that first class that you ever taught, where this all comes from, every bit of this here. And you had 14 students, 14 people from your church that were there. Let's talk about week two because you had to kind of make you, 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 there was no course available for you. So God gave you what you had for week number one, and then you came back week two. How many of the 14 did you run off? How many of you didn't come uh, back? Well, I think the back?
1: story you're referring to is actually the second class. Second class, yeah. Not, not the second week. Yeah, yeah. Second I mean, class. We, the first class we had 14. Start the program, we had 21 graduate. Okay. Which, okay, which cool. in and of itself, is very unheard of for any kind of discipleship class in a church. Is yeah. usually have a bunch sign up and then half of them are gone the next week. Sure. For the first class, if I forgot, it was the opposite. We had more people graduate than started. But it's what happened in the second class. Okay, I mentioned so after that. After you've taken
0: a group through 12 weeks,
1: we wrote the program, we've got a published program, and so. The second time I was going to teach the class was at my church in July of 2010. The first class was in January. And uh, I'll never forget, uh, we, we had the sign-up sheet, and I had, I had I think, 70, high 60, 70 people signed up. And there again, I was terrified. I, I made it through that class of 14 to 21, <laughs> and now i got 70 saying, we're, we're going to take this class. And I, I remember that night, just my palms were sweating. A group of deacons in my church took Me into the bathroom of all places and just prayed over me because I they could see the panic in my eyes. And Ted, that night we had s- about 70 signed up and almost 200 showed up. Oh my goodness! And, and I remember what size classroom did you
0: have for it that? It was first the night. sanctuary, we oh, had to okay. move it to the sanctuary. You had to, but before then, you weren't planning on no, meeting in the no, sanctuary. No, no, no.
1: We, we wound up moving it to the sanctuary. And but what I learned from that story, and, and I want to tell everybody listening today, the moral of that story is there's people watching you. Yeah. You you may be telling people, and and we're going to get into it with goals here in just a minute. But you need to tell people what you're doing. Uh, you need to have a goal. You need to have a why for the goal, and you need to tell people that goal. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the the three things that you need to do with any goal: is identify it, tell the why, and then tell other people because that's the accountability part. But what we saw is that. While only 14 people showed up in that first class and 21 graduated, there were many more watching the lives of those people. And they were sitting back and they were thinking, well, if if Sally can do that, then I'll do it the next time. And we see that in classes all over the country. And we warn instructors, you know, not warn them, we, we we educate them on the fact you. Don't be discouraged when there's a few in your first class because there's the naysayers there's like i don't I don't think they can do that. I can't do that they can't do it either, but they'll watch mm-hmm. and then the second class you know I, we have a video on our on our on our YouTube channel that's of, of Ben Reed, an instructor in Westerville Ohio, and the same thing for him he had a few people in his first class and then by a second and third class he had hundreds of people lined out the door of the church Wow coming into these classes so I want to encourage everybody. Um, know that people are watching you. You're you're making a difference just by doing what you're doing. You don't have to yeah. say a word. You're 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 leading by example. So I, I use that to encourage people, but I also I also want to let them know that that people are watching you. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: When you went into that first class and now the second class and things, the, the format of the class, I'm sure it's kind of evolved, but what is it today? What is the format of a Run for God class today and kind of how we're going to do that here on the podcast?
1: So so a typical Run for God class meets one time a week. Mm-hmm. It's the class time, which is what we're doing right now with the podcast. It's where uh, we, we talk about a running topic. Uh, so for each week during this 12th, 12 weeks, we're going to talk about things like shoes, uh, nutrition, um, stretching, injuries, all the things that you need to learn about uh, to enter the sport safely. Yeah. Uh, to Educating people on, on how to get to a 5K. It's not running five miles the first night. Right. It's not. Um, so half of the class is a running topic, but half of the class, which is, like I said, what we're doing right now in the podcast, is – is the biblical side of it. We're gonna we're gonna walk you through how this sport parallels with your walk with Christ. And, and if you don't know Christ, maybe you're out there and you say, I don't I don't know Christ. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna address that that topic as well. Um, and then there's the training days. You know, people say I don't have time to go run every day. Well, you, we're not asking you to run every day. Um, during this 12 weeks, we're gonna run three times a week. Um, and that, that's going to be done on your own. If you're listening to this podcast or if you're, if you're part of a group, some of the groups actually have structured group runs each week, but you're going to run three runs a week. All of those runs are, are 30 minutes or less. Um, so it doesn't take a ton of time to do what we're, we're trying to do here. And then race day. Um, we encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're just getting started now with us, um, find a race count ahead 12 to 14 weeks. And, and look in your community, look around at the, the adjoining cities and find a race that is your graduation. You know, the 5K is the graduation of what yeah. you're listening to right now. It's 12 weeks, 12 to 14 weeks out. Some people have scheduling conflicts, so we say 12 to 14 weeks. If you have to skip a week, repeat the prior week's workout. Don't skip ahead, fall back. Okay. Uh, don't, ever, don't ever try to skip ahead because it's very tempting. When you start these runs – you're gonna feel good, and it's gonna feel like, man, this this just didn't that hard. I think I can skip ahead a few weeks. I, I'm waving the red flag right now. Don't yeah. don't do it. Gotcha. So that that's the format of it. It's it's the it's the podcast or the class, and it's three group runs or three. I want runs. to give
0: if you're listening to this this podcast and you're not a part of a group, and that accountability is going to be one of the hardest things for you. I would encourage you right now not just pick out that race that it's going to be, but go ahead and pay your registration fee for that race, put it on your calendar because now you're invested in that race.
1: Absolutely. You know, we, we see it a lot. We saw it this past weekend. We we host a race sometimes in our in our hometown and we we put on a race that's actually free. It's a race where we the race is not actually the focus, uh it's more it's more of a a, a ministry outreach sure. um but it's free. And people sign up for this race, and, and less than half of the people who signed up for this race that we put on this past weekend showed up. And there's, there's one main reason, and it's that they weren't invested. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, find that race, sign up, and then go to social media and tell everybody you know, hey, I signed up for this race. That really, yeah. that's, that's, you know, I have a background in real estate. That's those golden handcuffs where mm-hmm. you've put it out there. Now now you're going to have to, to hold to it because you don't want to go back and tell everybody, well, I quit. Yeah. Um, accountability is everything, and the biggest accountability is telling people what you've done.
0: And that can go for anything that anything. you're involved in. And when I, when I went through to check that thing off the bucket list, the bodybuilding show that I did, I had a partner. Mm-hmm. And knowing that that partner was going to be there at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning at the gym made it that much harder for me to hit the snooze button because I knew he was counting on me, and he was going to be there. And he was going to give you a hard time if you didn't show up. Oh, definitely, definitely. What about those folks, guys, that uh, um, may be following along by themselves? How do they get to the 12? Because there's there's another hurdle they've got to go over with no accountability.
1: Yeah, I I think it's just, you know, I tell people, one of the biggest uh, excuses that you hear for not exercising is, I don't have time. And that is what I just said. It's an excuse. Yeah. Um, people will make time for what's important to them. And if, if, if this journey is important to you, like I said, keep those reasons why in front of you. The reasons that you wrote down today, keep those in front of you. Those, that, is, that is one of the biggest motivators you can have is the why. But on top of that, for, for this podcast and these three workouts per week, like I said, it's not a huge amount of time, but it is some time put them on your calendar yeah. you know I tell people this is uh, your 30minute workout is very important to you you've written down why it's important so what do you do with important things that need to go on your calendar you write them down you put them in your calendar and when people call or life happens you can say you say no I've, I've got a meeting that day or I've got a birthday party to attend or I've got a church service I've got to get to those are important things and, and this should should be right up there with your your priorities of I want to get healthier. That's the why. Now I'm going to put this on my calendar, and I'm going to treat it like a meeting. Um, it's, it's, it's there.
0: Dean, how important is it to have that partner, to find somebody? And I bet you'd be surprised. If you don't think you can find somebody to run with you, you probably can.
2: Absolutely. I'm sure there's local running clubs. There's running shoe stores a lot of times. You can find people that, that are interested there. There's also probably somebody that you work next to. Uh, there's somebody out there who wants somebody to run with. I spend a lot of time running by myself. I've, I was so glad when Mitchell's son, Lane, got to the point where uh, he was running faster, and it, it made it where I really enjoy running with him. Um, there's always somebody out there, and you just got to find them. Social media is a great place to find them. Mitchell mentioned social sure. media.
1: Yeah, yeah, we see it all the time. We'll, we'll put ads or whatever on the Run for God Facebook page, and, and you know you can go in and look at the comments. And most of the comments we see from those ads – are people tagging friends saying what do you think about this yeah and hey basically saying hey you want to do this i i'm thinking about doing it but i need somebody to do it with me so yeah take it to social media and find a friend it all
0: sounds awesome it all sounds great and it is but are there some pitfalls are there some challenges that come with taking this class
1: you know i i don't i don't think there are um I, you know i think a lot of times life gets in the way. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, this all comes back to the, the scheduling. Um, you know, trying to, we, we're all busy. We've, a lot of us had kids and careers and, and church and, and things like that. But pro- probably the biggest pitfall is just trying to, um, and I wouldn't even call it a pitfall, it's just making it a priority. Yeah. Uh, making this, there again, keeping your why and making it a priority. And stay focused. You got to stay focused and Absolutely. don't give up on that for sure. All right. So, what
0: topics are we going to be discussing throughout this podcast through a normal Run for God 5K challenge class?
2: Well, you know, you can't cover everything in a 12-week period, but we can cover the important things. And, of course, uh, we'll start just next week with talking about running shoes, which is a lot of people don't realize how important those are. Uh, But they're critically important. We'll talk about why those are important. We'll also talk about stretching. We'll talk about staying hydrated. We'll talk about injuries. Injuries are a big part sometimes uh, uh, for some folks. Um, nutrition, recovery, cross-training, all of the things that talk about what kind of gear people should be using. What should I be wearing when I run? We'll talk about that. Um, What it means to be sore versus what it means to hurt. Um, Some people look at soreness and they think, oh, I've got an injury. And a lot of times it's just soreness. And then sometimes people are injured and they really need to back off. And we'll talk about how to tell the difference between those things. So lots of good information.
0: Mitchell, there are some things that everybody needs to know right now before they go out and run the very first training run what are some of those things you mentioned one of them set a goal
1: yeah you know we've got 8 um and, and if you look in the book they're all spelled out here but we'll just go through them one by one number 1 is set a goal that's the first thing you know m- if you're going to do this program make up your mind you're going to do it yeah uh sign up for your race buy the materials get invested i can't stress that enough when you're invested in something your, your studies show you're much more likely to follow through. So sign up for that race and let other people know. Um, start slowly. You know, we, we've said this. If you follow the training plan that's laid out in, in this 5K challenge, um, it's, it's designed in a way to help you and your body adjust to the changes. Many people listening to this uh, may have never run in their life. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe it's been decades since they, since they last ran. Um, this program is designed to take anybody um, from the couch to their first 5K. So you, you want to start slowly. Um, another a big one that we're going to be talking about next week, it, it's not as important for this first week, so, so don't run out and buy something uh, today, but it's shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't go out and buy shoes, running shoes, before you listen to episode two. Uh, Most people don't understand that shoes is by far the most important piece of equipment that a runner can have, and you shouldn't choose your shoes based on what color you like. If you walk into a running store and the first question the salesman asks you is, what color shoe do you want? You need (laughs) to turn around and leave. Run. Run. Yeah, because shoes are designed. Most people don't understand that shoes are designed for different types of people. Yeah. Everybody's gait is different. Everybody's foot strikes the ground differently. Everybody's foot is shaped differently. Mm-hmm. And when you walk into a running store and you see all these different kind of shoes up on the wall, it's not just different styles. There, it's it's different um, types of shoes for different sure. types of bodies. So sure. that is by far the most important piece of equipment. So. Make sure you've got the right shoes. And
0: next week, we're going to have another expert, a Work. shoe expert, is going to be here with exactly. us on the podcast. Yeah. And so you'll be able to get everything you need to know about shoes. Yeah, and shoes. you would
1: never think that listening to a, a podcast about shoes could be interesting, but it is. <laughs> it's fascinating. I still learn a lot every time I, I hear Chad speak. Um, so shoes, warm up and cool down. You know, you don't want to just go out the door and start anything with any kind of intensity. You want to warm up. You want to get that five-minute walk, that five-minute Uh, warm up just to get the body uh, working chances are many people are doing this after work and they've been sitting all day long in an office or whatever uh, you got to get the blood flowing before you start any kind of, of exercise routine. And also the cool down, it's the same thing. You, you want to flush all those acids and things out that, that build up during a workout.
0: The more you cool down and the more you hydrate and things like that, maybe giving up one coming up here in a minute, the less sore you're going to feel. Absolutely. Because that acid, like you mentioned that, uh, that kind of acid, lactic acid, lactic Lactic acid is flushed from your, your muscles when you do that.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the fifth thing is rest. Um, you know, I, like I said earlier, our our schedules are so busy, and most people don't understand that that when you exercise, uh, whether it's your lifting weights or you're running or whatever, you're actually destroying the muscles at that point. Tearing them down. Uh, muscle muscle is not built during the workout; it's torn up during the workout, and then it's 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 healed and it's grown mm-hmm. during the times of rest. So rest is just as important as the actual workout. Um, you, you just mentioned it: hydration. Uh, we we see this a lot. Dean and I actually coach a group of, of young triathletes, and, and we fight this battle all the time because um, we tell them we have the hundred ounce rule. You need hundred ounces of water a day. Um, some people actually do more than that, um, but uh, you got You got to hydrate the body because if, if you're thirsty, it's too late. Yeah. Uh, That's hydration your telling you. hydration yeah. happens hours before the workout. You can't show up for a workout and and down a 12 ounce bottle of water and say, okay, I'm hydrated. That's not how it works. Uh, it's a, it's a trickle effect. So you got to do that all through the day.
0: Can I give you another illustration? Y'all may or may not have heard. My son, one of my sons, is an Army Ranger. When they go through Ranger training, if they're ever caught in their training without their Camelback, their water thing, they are dropped from the Ranger program. Wow! Wow! That's so they see that how important how important hydration is. is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, think of food. As fuel, you know I tell people in our in our first class everyone that I've ever talked, this is probably not the time for a crash diet. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of diets out there that you, you're eliminating this or you're eliminating that. I we we don't get into nutrition too heavily. We we're going to talk about it some in this 12 week um, Bible study, but you've got to learn to think of food as fuel. Most people think food is the enemy and I need to eat less of it to lose weight. And, and that's just not the case. You got to learn to be sensible about what you're eating. Yeah. But in any type of workout routine like this, you've got to have the fuel to keep going or you're going to be, you're going to wind up being one of those people that's laying on the side of the sidewalk during your workout because your body's just depleted. So you got to have that fuel. Um, and the last one is get the family involved. You know, we get the question a lot when people are signing up for our classes and, and the question would be, I've, I've got a six-year-old or I've got a five-year-old. Um, do you guys offer child care? And I say, no, you need to bring them. Uh, and they, they question whether their five- or six-year-old can do this. And I'll say, they can probably do more than you can. Yeah. Uh, kids are very resilient, and uh, they're very fast a lot of times. And uh, we've we've actually coached a group of triathletes from, from six years old. Um, so get the family involved. If your kids are younger, you know, Take the stroller and and do the workout pushing them. Uh, You know, that's the important thing about this ministry, about really anything we do. If, If you're part of a family, if you have an immediate family, Get them all involved. This yeah. is a great opportunity to do that. I've
0: seen some of those rock star kids you're talking about at the uh, the Run for God triathlon there in Dalton every summer uh, out there, and it's so cool to see that. And, by the way, another advantage to running, and you'll find this out in high school, cross-country teams, and in college, guess who some of the best academic people are? Runners those runners, because they're used to focusing and sticking with it. And I know that's true with my three kids as they ran cross-country. Dean, all right, different different question here. Where's the
2: strangest place that you as a runner have ever run? Well, um, I, I run in some odd places. I, I, Ted, I'm a, I'm a streaker. Oh, I, I OK. To, OK, I hate to bring that out here, uh-huh. but, uh, <laughs> uh But I run, I run every day, and so seven days a week, 365 days a year, I have action we'll, we'll tell the story some, at some point later that I've yeah. missed one day in the last seven years. Um, so that means sometimes it's not convenient to right. run. And so just a couple of weeks ago, I ran. By the and
1: way, that, that is your streak. You're not actually a streaker. Oh, I yeah. get it. Yeah, like most now. people. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> I thing. I, needed to I just kind of wanted to brush over that yeah, and not talk no, about wait. that. Yeah. Hopefully
0: he wouldn't either. But okay, I mean, he's got a running streak,
2: is yeah. what he's got. Gotcha. <laughs>
0: Woo! Okay, feel good now.
2: Uh, well, I'm glad that's cleared up. <laughs> we um, are too. <laughs> we uh, yeah, So just a couple of weeks ago, I was in an airport. And I knew I was going to be traveling most of the day. And so I ran three miles in the Atlanta airport. Was TSA after you or what? They looked at me funny. I bet. uh, But they let me go. So uh, nobody frisked me. Uh, I was able to get by. But the people pulling their luggage will look at you funny when you're running through the airport. Yeah. Especially when you're in a pair of running shorts. Oh
0: yeah. Oh, so you yeah. you decked out the full way then? Oh sure, yeah, absolutely.
2: Why not? So you weren't pulling your
0: your bag or anything like that while you're running?
2: No, we had a group, and so the group was waiting while while Dean went to run. Wow. So yeah. Okay. Always time.
0: Heck yeah. Now we don't want people going down to the airport to run. Okay, the Chattanooga airport's not that big if you're here or whatever airports closest to you across this world. So tell everyone where they can go to run. What are
2: some good ideas? Well, you can run. Almost anywhere, as I just said, but uh, the best places to run are places that were meant for running. Um, obviously, local high school tracks are always great. Yep. Most high schools will let you on their tracks to run. There's a few that won't, if they don't, don't, don't be belligerent about it, but right. find another place. Um, there's a lot of parks sure. that have running paths or running trails. Uh, a lot of folks really, really love to run on the trails. They're a little softer than the asphalt of a, yeah. uh, of a road. Um, a lot of people don't think that running on a road is a thing that that make that's for cars and not for me running, but I run most of my mileage on a road. Um, so running on a road is okay. Just got to be careful. Got to be smart. If you're running at night, uh, whether that's early in the morning or late in the afternoon in the evening, uh, you want to make sure you're very visible, be Mm -hmm. pay attention to what you're wearing, make sure you're wearing something reflective, something light in color, um, that kind of thing. Also, um, um, you can run, um, there are a lot of places where there's 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 trails.
0: Um We we're blessed where we live in this area here where we're broadcasting and recording this podcast near the Chickamauga battlefield. Mm-hmm. And so there's tons of places. There are roads and trails that you can go
2: and run. Sidewalks too. Uh yeah. and, and the you you mentioned the trails, but there's also the river walk yes. down here in downtown Chattanooga. A lot of places have those types of places to run. They're they're great places to run. Is
0: there a certain time of the day that's usually better? Or is it personal well, preference?
2: Well, I think it's personal preference, but you know, it depends on what your goal is, what your goals are. If you're looking to lose weight, it is better to run in the morning. Um, your body will will shed calories a lot better, a lot better and more efficiently in the morning. So, if that's what your goal is, maybe getting up early is a good thing for you. Just the other day, my wife and I, the other night, my wife and I were
0: driving home, and there was a guy that was running down, it was a country road we were down, to, and he needed to hear this podcast because he was not very visible. In fact, I didn't see him until right at the last minute. Now, fortunately, it was safe. He was on the left-hand side, and I was on the right side, so he was running against traffic like you're supposed to, but still, it just kind of caught me off guard, you know, there, so definitely get visible. All right, so we're going to find out here um, about some of the stories and things and about some of the people that may feel in adequate or embarrassed when they run. If you want to hear the story of how God used Mitchell here, a construction worker from Dalton, Georgia, to start this nationwide ministry run for God, check out this video of Mitchell's story and many others at comeonletsgo.com. So here in this Run for God 5K Challenge podcast, uh, Mitchell and uh, Dean are here with us. What about that person who may be self-conscious about running around other people? I just don't look right or I,
2: I'm not going to be as fast as they are or whatever. What should they do? Well, I, I see a lot of folks in Run for God classes that I've taught that are, that's the person they are. And, uh, I once read a blog post on a blog that was, uh, May 31st, 2012 on Flintland blog, and it was called, Hey, out of shape girl. And this is, (laughs) this is the, the, the blog. It it was great. It says, Hey, out of shape girl. Yes. You, the one feigning not to see me when we cross paths on the running track, the one not even wearing sports gear, breathing heavy. You're slow. You breathe hard. And your efforts at moving forward make you cringe. You cling shyly to the furthest corridor, sometimes making larger loops on the gravel ring by the track, just so you're not on it. You sweat so much that your hair is all wet. You rarely stay for more than 20 minutes at a time. And you look exhausted when you leave to go home. You never talk to anyone. I've got something I'd like to say to you. You are awesome. If, you look, if you'd look me in the eye for just an instant, you would notice the reverence and respect I have for you. The adventure you have started is tremendous. It leads to better health, to renewed confidence, and to a brand new kind of freedom. The gifts you will receive from running will far exceed the gigantic effort it takes for you to show up here, to face your fears, and to bravely set yourself in motion in front of others. You have already begun your transformation. You no longer accept this physical state of numbness and passivity. You have made a difficult decision, but one that holds so much promise. Every hard breath you take is actually a tad easier than the one before, and every step is ever so slightly lighter. Each push forward leaves the former person you were in your wake, creating room for an improved version, one who is stronger, healthier, and forward-looking, one who knows that anything is possible. You're a hero to me. And if you'd take off the blaring headphones and put your, put your head up for more than one second, you would notice that the other runners you cross, the ones who probably make you feel so inadequate, they stare in awe at your determination. They, of all people, know best where you are coming from. They heard the resolutions of so many others who vowed to pick up running and improve their health starting next week. Yet it is you who runs alongside, who digs from deep inside to find the strength to come here and to come back again. You are a runner, and no one can take that away from you. You are relentlessly moving forward. You are stronger than even you think, and you are about to be amazed at what you can do. One day, very soon, maybe tomorrow, you'll step outside and marvel at your capabilities. You will not believe your own body. You will realize that you can do this. And a new horizon will open up for you. You are a true inspiration. I bow to you. You know, people think they're being judged all the time.
0: And often they are. But not the way you think. Mostly positive. And I've been there, of course, at the Run for God. When you put a microphone in my hand at the races and you see those runners and you see them start off. And they're the ones maybe walking or maybe just slow slow jogging at the very end. Those are the ones that my heart goes out to the most and I'm most proud
1: of. Well, let me ask you, Ted, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. When When is the crowd the loudest yeah. at these races?
0: yeah we tell all of the announce all of the all the crowd that's there that when we and we tell them when that last runner's coming and sometimes there's quite a bit of a wait for that last person to come but then we have all those junior uh, iron uh, junior uh, run for god triathlon club teams they run out there and they come running in behind them, and everybody's at the finish line we we gather everybody up at the finish line there to cheer them on and that last runner is the one that's cheered for Even more than the first runner, I
1: think. Absolutely.
0: All right, so let's get you motivated. Let's get you running. It's time to get outside and to start the very first workout plan for this week. Mitchell, what are we doing? You said it's not going to be, you promised, it's not going to be five miles.
1: No, not five (laughs) miles. And and I want to say this is this workout that I'm going to explain. You need to do it three times this week. Over the next seven days, you need to do it three times. Preferably, we would like you to 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 skip a day in between these. Yeah, give yourself uh, a day of rest. Yeah, twenty four hours a day of rest. rest. Um, but the workout is pretty simple. You're going to start with a five minute warm up walk, which is what we talked about. You just you need, walk around the track just or trail walk five around minutes. the track, and then you're going to alternate sixty seconds of jogging and ninety seconds of walking for twenty minutes, and then you're going to do a five de- a five minute cool down walk. Now, there are people out there, and, and actually, if if you've got the program. Uh, we actually have a walking program as part of this, this time around with the volume four. Cool. And it's because we have so many people that say, you know, I can't run. Yeah. And, and while I know that they probably can, uh, some people just want to start with walking. So if you're going to walk this, then I encourage you when, when we say, anytime you hear us say jogging, you're going to simply walk faster. That, that's sure. pretty much our walking plan there. Uh, so we're going to ask you to do 60 seconds of walking, 90 seconds of walking faster. For twenty minutes. Um, again, I want to throw up the red flag. Don't do more than this. Yeah. It's going to feel easy to most of the people, um, but don't don't try to skip ahead. It's going to be three times this week, and then we're going to do something different next week. Tell me about the app. Yeah, if you if you if you if you'd like, you can download the Run for God app. And because this is um, there's a time where you have to walk and a time where you have to run. Actually, for the first seven weeks, uh, this program is made up of walking and jogging or walking and walking faster. So there's yeah. a little bit of confusion sometimes on you got to start your watch and you, you got to hit lap and, and do the walk and the run. The Run Forgot app you can download from your app store and you can actually have your music playing in the background. And when it's time for you to run or walk faster, it'll interrupt your music and tell you. It'll interrupt your music again and tell you when to when to. To walk. walk faster, job. Yeah, or yeah. Walk. So it's a it's a great tool for those out there. If you've got a smartphone, you can have it going in the background with your music playing.
0: Good deal. So here you go. Get your books. I encourage you to get the books. And where can people get the Run for God book?
1: Runforgod.com. Just go to the store, and it's uh, it's right up at the top. Um, you know, we mentioned if you're taking the class um, to to get your materials, but also be thinking long term here. Yeah, uh, you're going to finish this. I have no doubt that that everybody listening to this is going to finish. Uh, but if you look right next to the, the student registration, which is the kit that we're encouraging you to get, you're going to see the instructor's kit. Um, Prayerfully consider that 12 weeks from now on on teaching this class in your community.
0: I've often said at the Run for God races there that if there's not a group near you, there may be a reason why, because God wants you to start it. Absolutely. So get that book. The, the participant guide here for the first on the student manual and uh, start writing down your goals for the week and then what do you need to pray for this week put that down and what are the potential barriers this week that you know you're going to have to crush and you're going to have to get through Fill out the logbook that's there, and it's so important, guys, to write down your feelings, what went right, what went wrong, as you go through there, so you have that that resource to go back and look for encouragement. And then go to YouTube and subscribe to the Run for God YouTube channel. There's a little bell there that you can just click, and that'll get you the notifications. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go run?
1: Let's Let's go. Let's
0: go. All righty. Tune in for the next Run for God 5K Challenge podcast. We're going to get you the right shoes you
2: need. You've been listening to the Run for God podcast. To find out more, visit runforgod.com.